Joan Jett's version of Personality Crisis by the New York Dolls. There's going to be a new New York Dolls uh, documentary coming up soon about David Johansson on HBO, 
which I don't have HBO. We don't have HBO, but hopefully uh, we'll be able to check it out at some point. What's up, Ashley? Hello. What'd you think of Joan Jett's uh, personality crisis? I love the cover. I love the song by the New York Dolls. I think she did it justice. Yeah, she was great. And we saw Joan Jett um, just a few months ago at the stadium tour. What'd you think of that show or that performance? It was my first time seeing her live, and I thought she was really awesome. Yeah, me too. I had never seen Joan Jett. So that that's really the main reason why I wanted to go to that show, because uh, first of all, it was something the first time we had gone out to see a band since COVID, and, uh, and then the fact that Joan Jett was playing, that was pretty exciting. So um, what about the rest of it? Um, overall, I liked it, even though I'm not a big fan of Poison. They have some songs I like. Yeah. So Joan Jett came out and, and just rocked it, and the sound was great from where we were sitting, and then, which was pretty far away. It was SoFi Stadium, which is a new stadium in Inglewood, right next to the Forum. Um, outdoor, which was good for the COVID thing, because we were still kind of nervous about that. But after one song of Poison, they turned, the, they like doubled the volume of the sound and just fucked it up. And, and then it was just like, it was just, the sound was just bouncing around and it was uh, hard to tell what song was being played, which is my pet peeve about live shows. Anyway, um, and then uh, we saw Def Leppard. They played some high and dry songs, which is good, right? Yeah, they played my favorite song off the album, Let It Go, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was cool. And they also played um, Bringing on the Heartache and the uh, instrumental after that, which was kind of cool. I don't know how many people know that song, but it was um, very much a surprise, and it goes right into that song, so it was it was, it was badass. And then, uh, Motley, um, yeah, Motley Crue, right? Yeah, Motley Crue. How was your in- impression of Motley Crue? Um, even though a lot of people, you know, they make fun of, you know, Motley Crue, I still love them, you know, I've been listening to them ever since I was a little kid, so the experience was great for me. Tommy Lee pulled a puppy out of his pants. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so the Motley Crue's been in the news this week, uh, how do you feel about what's going on? They they Mick Mars left, and then they replaced him with John Five, who's not my favorite guitar player, but um, doesn't really matter. The, really, right? They're pretty much done anyway, right? I mean, how much longer are they gonna go? I mean, for me personally, it's kind of sad, you know. Yeah. After all those years of being together, they get. Oh, they always have to have petty arguments about money and everything. It's more band drama, like with Kiss. Right, which we'll talk about in the next uh, segment, I think. Um, yeah, so the part that gets me... So McMars is suing Molly Crew. That was like the big news this week. Yeah. And um, the part that gets me is that they've been, he says they've been trying to tell him for like 10 years that his memory is going and that he can't play anymore. And it, 
he used the term gaslighting and I think like that's like a literal like as close as you can get to the movie gaslighting where you know the guy is telling his wife that that she's not going crazy that she's going crazy but he's doing all this stuff to the you know the making the lights flicker or whatever he's doing to mess with her so it's like literally they're doing that to him telling him that um that he's if he, if he's telling the truth that that he's losing his mind and he's playing chords wrong and stuff and he says he's not even sure what he's hearing in his monitors and stuff i can imagine that they're like putting stuff into into his monitors his in ear in ears or whatever those monitors are that just to fuck him up <laughs> so so he'll quit retire or whatever what do you think that was your that's what you said actually that you thought maybe they were doing that well I just, I just think it's sad, you know, it's a leg, a legacy, and I just hope they can just put this drama to rest and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Who cares? I don't really care. I think they're probably all fine. It's just bullshit. But, um, I mean, I, I, for me, Molly Crew is like, the most rebellious band when I was in high school they were you know when I was a little kid I liked Kiss and Kiss was gone and there was nothing to replace them with really until Molly Crew and then it was like whoa it's like I remember the first time I saw Kiss Alive 2 album cover with Gene spitting blood and I was like that's fucking so cool you know and then the only time I ever felt that again was when I saw Shout at the Devil where they're wearing all the makeup and they just looks fucking wild, you know, and and I was like in I don't know, tenth grade I think when that came out, and it just blew my mind. And so to me, they were like the punk rock because I never never really heard good punk rock when I was in high school. So that's what they were for me, and I still love those albums. Well, for me as a kid, I was a big wrestling fan. And one night Motley Crue performed and I fell in love and I still am in love. So ever since. Yeah, that's cool. You showed me that clip on YouTube. That was really cool. Okay, so now we're going to hear, what are we going to hear, Ashley? We're going to hear Motley Crue's version of the song Tonight. It's a cover by the Raspberries. Yeah, so let's let's get into that. That that album was, uh, or it was... Originally, uh, I don't know, an outtake from Too Fast for Love, their first album. And then the song was later released in 1999 with one of the remasters of that album. So it took me a while to get used to it. Ashley played it a lot, and I, I like it now. At first, it was a little jarring, but um, it it works to me, I think. It's a good cover. Here we go with Motley Crue's version of Tonight.
All right, that was Gene Simmons. I'm not really a Gene Simmons fanatic, but um, that song is pretty cool. It's got like a classic Kiss kind of riff from a Gene Simmons song that he would do, you know. Um, that's from a solo album featuring Dominus Summer on backing vocals. And the reason why I wanted to play that, oh, and also the um, U.S. Empire propagandist extraordinaire Jeff Skunk Baxter on lead guitar had to put that in there because that guy's a fucking asshole. Um, but anyway, I wanted to play Gene and, and Donna Summer because we just watched Spinning Gold, went to see Spinning Gold, which is a movie about Neil Bogart, who created Casablanca Records, um, which was Kiss's label, like the biggest independent label of that time. Um, the first six or seven or eight albums, including the live albums, are on that on that label. And um, so, yeah, Ashley, what did you think of that movie? Um, I liked it, but it wasn't very accurate. Yeah, what are some of the inaccuracies that bothered you? <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of interesting that um, that Ace said he liked the movie. I was shocked by that because he, why why do you think he shouldn't have liked the movie? Well, first of all, the song they performed was off the album Destroyer, which wasn't even out yet. Right, so it was supposed to be like their introduction to the music industry at this like showcase from the first album or before the first album they played Shout Out Loud, which is totally lame. Yeah. And what else bugged you about it? Um, what else? Um... The actors that they got to play Kiss, actually, they made Paul Stanley the guy. He didn't even look anything like Paul when he was younger. Paul was a fox when he was younger. Right. And the guy was not fox? Is that what you're trying to say? Not at all. And what about the guy who played Ace? Atrocious. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's, it's almost as if Gene... Um, and, and Ace said this too. He's like, "Yeah, you can use the logo, but uh, give me and Paul a bunch of lines, and and nobody else." And that's that's what they did. But they also made Paul look like shit, and Ace look like shit. Peter looked okay, but he didn't look like himself at all to me. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought they could have um, dug a little deeper and gave you know every band member you know some lines. And they didn't use the original audio when they were singing. They used like fucking new singers and they sound like American Idol singers. Fucking awful. Like just the worst fucking, like the, they show Peter singing Beth and it's like some fucking Andrew Lambert fucking guy. Like from, it just sounded so terrible, man. Did not sound like rock and roll band at all to me. It was entertaining, but. I don't know. So before that was, uh, what was it? The Down and Outs, uh, which is, I wanted to play that since uh, keeping with the theme of the stadium tour. Um, that was from the album, The Further Adventures of the Down and Outs. And it's the band's third album. They are Def Leppard's Joe Elliott's side project. They cover bands and artists related to Mott the Hoople, including Mott, British Lions and Ian Hunter. The song was one of the boys and it was written by Ian Hunter and McRalph's and that was released on Mott the Hoot Bowl's 
of the Hoople's 1972 album, All the, All the Young Dudes. And we opened up with Tonight from Motley Crue. So we got an Ace song up next, and Ace has also been in the news lately, and we just saw Ace too. Like It's almost like we go see these bands and then they fucking end up getting in the news like right after. So <laughs> we went to see Ace at the, what was the name of the place? The, the Canyon, Canyon Club. Yeah, in Agoura Hills. What'd you think of that show? <sighs> well... I was so up close and I loved it. Yeah. It was, uh, we, first of all, the, the way the tickets looked online, it was like we were, our table was going to be right by the stage. And we, it was like, we're going to be like front row because our table's right there. We're at the far end of the table, closest to the stage. But turns out they have tables between our table and the stage and they're crammed in and the tables go all the way to the stage and it's really literally like a prison um, kitchen or whatever, dining room. It was The chairs are sque- like totally squeezed together. Like you can't pull your chair out without rubbing against the person next to you and they're metal chairs. Yeah, and their steak is so tough as I... As I was cutting my steak, the table started to move. I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life. Yeah, I had I had the veggie lasagna, and uh, it was cold by the time I got halfway through it, but it tasted really good. This was like you walk in the door, and some dude comes up to you with this electronic contraption, and he goes, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, don't we get to sit down and and like decide and look at a menu he's like no you have to tell me right now i'm like fuck okay and so i was like i guess i'll have a lasagna and he picked a steak and yeah she couldn't even eat her steak and then the cake they gave us afterwards was like really bad it was really dry yeah it was like dry with like this dripping kind of frosting it was uh it was like prison food really (laughs) Except I did enjoy my the lasagna did taste good, but wow. I'm glad I had McDonald's before. Let's just say that that's true. I was like, "Why are you getting McDonald's? We're going to be able to eat," and she couldn't eat, so she made the right decision. <laughs> so now, now Ace is what's going on with Ace. Uh, Paul went on. Paul and Jean and Kiss went on Howard Stern, which was a great performance, by the way. I thought it was awesome. I didn't think Paul was on tape. You could hear imperfections, but it wasn't bad. I I think everything he did was I would stand by if I were him on the Howard Stern show. But then in the interview, he, he said Howard asked him, "Why didn't you guys play?" have Ace and Peter play at the Hall of Fame and they said then we would have had to call the band Piss and then Ace went on uh, he went on Eddie Trunk show uh, oh yeah Eddie Trunk and uh, and said that he was pissed off about that and he said Paul has seven days to apologize yeah or else he would release dirt on the band and he said his attorney had, um, I believe it was 120 pages of gossip, I don't know, locked in a vault or something, and he said, in case if anything should happen to him to release it. Right. He said he has a manuscript, <laughs> and it's all stuff about, dirt about Paul and Jean that would ruin their career. Their career's only going to be a few more months long, so I don't know if it really even matters, but... 
so anyway seven days went by he had to come back on and one of the first thing he said was well paul called me as soon as i got off the show and said fuck you i'm not apologizing <laughs> and then they denied that paul called they said paul never paul says he didn't call you he's like i got he brought screenshots of his phone bill and showed eddie trunk he's like look paul s five seconds <laughs> right at that time I don't know if that's proof or not, but I don't know. I believe him. I believe him. There's no reason not to believe him. But what was the dirt? Did he have any real dirt on Paul and Jean? Um, I wouldn't say really. I mean, if you want to find out stuff, you can still find out stuff. Yeah, you can listen to the. Uh, you can listen to the Eddie Trunk. It's all over YouTube, but um. Yeah, so he just brought a bunch of stuff that uh, was in print and things, places where Paul contradicted himself. And it was interesting. I thought it was fascinating um, just because I'm such a big fan. But, um, you know, it's, it, he said he talked to his Christian friends and, and they told him to forgive Paul. So that's why he did that. <laughs> I think he's scared. I think he knows better. They don't give a fuck. I, I think he knows better. He still wants to get that money, right? Yeah, like I, you know, I love Ace. I just, I don't know. I'll just say I just hope everything works out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so Ashley picked this song, um, this Ace song to play. What, what do you know? Do you remember the name of the song? It's a brand new one that she found. It's called Back Into My Arms. Yeah, and it was. I just did some research on it. It's co-written by this guy, Arthur Stead. And uh, during the Fraley's Comet Sessions, 1984-85, he was the keyboardist. He also played with PIL in 1978 live. I think he did tour with them. And he wrote, he did some soundtracks. One of them was the Goonies soundtrack, which is kind of interesting. So anyway, this is Ace Fraley, Back Into My Arms. Could not believe my 
self-utilizing propagandist A lazy poet you just can't resist A jolly hooker, evangelist A Louis Ferdinand Selena apologist Embracing failure, not success Finding all your bullshit hard to digest Abandoning God's trees, a shrouded in mist
All right, that was Joe Normal and the Any Towners from their brand new album called uh, From Any Town in the USA. It's a cover of The Four Tops. Reach out. I'll be there. Um, it's the second album Joe's put out this year. We're going to play something from his other so his solo album, which is just him solo in a few minutes. But um, that song, Reach Out, was written and produced by Motown's main production team, Holland Dozer Holland. The song is one of the most widely known Motown hits of the 60s and t- is today considered the Four Tops signature song. I think it's like the best cover I've heard in years. I love it. Um, before that was The Head Coats. It's a brand new album called uh, The Irregulars or something. The Irregular Eyes. <laughs> the Irregular Eyes. Um, from the the head coats song is called full-time plagiarist i dedicated to joe biden and before that we open with ace fraley's back into my arms um so ashley we went to see joe normal just last week i think was it last week yeah last week what did you think of the show i enjoyed it yeah it was it was much better than i thought i thought it was gonna be good but it was i loved it a lot more than i thought i was gonna love it i think it's because i've known I'm much more familiar with his songs than I used to be. When I used to go see him, I, I, I didn't know the songs, so they just didn't register as much. But this time it was like, wow. He's a great singer, huh? Yeah, very talented. He does this Purple Rain thing in the middle of one of his songs that just blew my mind. It's like he, he's actually singing that high part that Prince does at the end. He sang it so beautifully, like... It was shocking to me that it was coming out of Joe. It was fucking beautiful. It was it was really great. And he also played piano and sang. That was so impressive. It's really really cool. And he gave Ashley a, a a button that says what? Stay normal. Which is awesome. I used to go see Joe in the zeros in college when I was a kid. He was my favorite zero. Not a kid when I was in college. Um it was they were the funnest band in LA for me. I would see them every chance I could. And uh, I saw them in New Mexico when I went there for grad school. And I was really depressed and homesick. And I went by myself because I didn't have any friends there yet. And the zeros were coming. And I was like, oh, wow, it's going to make me feel like, you know, back in LA. It was really great to see them. It made me feel like, you know, just made me feel better for a few hours um, or an hour. So, Ashley, what what Joe Normal song did you pick? Um, I picked the um, song Small Town Factory, and I picked it because the story behind it is really awesome. Can you tell us what that is? It's basically a story about his dad sacrificing his dream of being a singer for his family. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, Joe's calling this style of music he's doing now Glamericana, which is kind of a cool thing because he's mixing sort of the elements from his glam days with kind of a, Americana thing, kind of a Springsteen. 
I, I hear a little bit of Dylan influence in his new stuff, which I think is really cool. But his, the stuff he's writing about is universal and, and important and very rare for an artist to do something like that. So I, I you know, kudos to Joe for doing that. So this is from his also brand new 2023 album, his other brand new 2023 album called Public Works. And this is Small Town Factory. Growing vines 
All right, that was The Saviors with a song called Ruby Gloom. Before that, we heard The Zeros, Death Rock Girl. That was another one of Ashley's picks from 1990s, 4321, Zeros. What is it called? Zeros and Rule the World? No. (laughs) The Zeros, 4321 from their first album. All right. I thought it was uh, Zeros Rule the World or something like that. Um, no. Okay, from their album, 4321. Um, from Restless Records. And before that, we heard Joe Normal with Small Town Factory from the Public Works solo album. So that's a show. Uh, <laughs> Ashley thinks it's funny. I didn't know the name of that album. But I saw it on the internet. I got it on the internet, man. You can never trust the internet. <laughs> right. Trust the album cover, right? (laughs) Always trust the album cover. Okay. Old school. (laughs) Right. Okay, so we're going to finish up with The Interrupters, a a band that Ashley turned me on to. And it's weird because The Interrupters, Rump Cone, who used to do shows with Jimmy Dore, uh, I think he was responsible for this. uh, Jimmy used to walk out to an Interrupters song and I couldn't figure out what it was, but I loved it. And it was so exciting every time he walked out to that song. And um, at the live shows we used to go to. And uh, finally Ashley like played the interrupters for me and played that song. And I was like, oh my God, that's the fucking song that I've been looking for for like four years. And uh, I still love that song every time. But I'm not playing that song. Though. I can't even remember the name of it. Do you remember the name of that song? What's your plan? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's it called? I don't know. Oh my God, that song is fucking amazing. Anyway, um, this this is my favorite song on their new album, or their latest album, uh, In the Wild, which is from Hellcat Epitaph Records. The song is called Worse For Me. Um, I was going to read something about it, but we'll just play the song. Thanks for listening. You want to say goodbye, Ashley? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to try to do more shows. It's been like a year and uh, I've been working on this record and on my weekends and I haven't had any time to do this. So I have some more free time. So I plan to uh, we plan to bring some some new shows this year. So here we go with the interrupters. Worse for me. Thanks for listening. And we will talk soon. Yeah.
You're so-